0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Milwaukee wins as underdogs on the road, taking game five, and are now up 3-2, and they have a 78% chance to win the title. Milwaukee, 78% chance to win the title. Giannis's odds, by the way, to win the MVP are better than that. Game six on Tuesday, current number, Milwaukee at home, favored by five. Over Phoenix. Shaquan Barkley, not so sure about being ready for week one of the NFL. That's part of a full NFL rundown. Here comes a four hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell.
2: Give me
1: The pregame show America has always wanted. the
2: future. the future.
1: From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm RJ, live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. We may have a champion here soon in the NBA, big Saturday night game to break down, a lot of NFL news to get to, sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans listen to know more than their buddies I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox.
2: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a massive winner handed out on this show in the UFC over the weekend, <laughs> we were also one game away from an NBA champion. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday?
0: For those wondering about how you sell, Jonas just s- s- showed us how to sell himself. He knows how to do it. We now know it. OK, we'll get to the UFC. And it was it was it was a nice one. No doubt. How, let's be candid. When that baby came home and you had uh, repeat what you had.
2: Oh, I had uh, Islam Mahachev uh, to win inside the distance. So it was a five round fight. I had him to win inside the distance. Yeah,
0: He's hinting saying it was in the second. It wasn't even close. But so, let's be <laughs> candid. How happy were you?
2: Well, I was happy only because I didn't think it was going to happen. It, we, we, I think they were in you the mean fourth round. You you give round. out picks
0: that you don't think are going to win?
2: Oh, yeah. I just assumed it was, was going to be another loss. And I, was gonna, <laughs> I was hoping something crazy would have happened in sports and we would never get to it. And then once I saw him get the submission, I actually didn't see it. I went into the other room and I came out and it was over. And I thought, okay, well, there's that. So, well,
0: I, at least I got that. It's kind of like <laughs> Bill Murray and Cadish. I got that going for me. But <laughs> but, but, but though the buzz in Vegas – I mean, it's like, did you hear Jonas's pick? Did you hear it? Did you catch (laughs) it? I am going to make the headline, the NBA championship series.
2: Yeah, and it is a 3-2 series now, and oh, how things have changed. Phoenix, once up two games to none, have now lost three straight. The latest, a 123-119 loss at home. The Milwaukee Bucks now up three games to two, one game away from winning the NBA championship.
0: As much as I feel like he's gotten enough love, Let's hearken back when it was 2-0. And there was a lot of, you know, almost a post-mortem on the Milwaukee team. And Jonas was like, you know, I'm not sure Milwaukee's not still in this thing. And obviously when you haven't lost yet at home, even though it's 2-0, it doesn't feel like maybe that it's over. It's like, well, what happened is what it was expected. But history tells us when a team goes up 2-0 at home – In the title series especially, it is tough to come back. And Milwaukee is three games there, three straight wins, but Jonas was uh, optimistic about that. Let me ask you, Jonas – uh, in hindsight, not in hindsight, but at the time, what was it that gave you optimism on Milwaukee, and and how has that played out relative to what you expected?
2: It was just how good Giannis looked. I didn't. I, I thought if this was going to be, he was coming back to try and give it a go, and and he was going to be, you know, 50% of what he could possibly be. Then I thought, all right, well they're down 2-0. This is going to be where it's where where we are. Maybe they'll get one at home, uh, and then Phoenix will wrap it up in five or six. But not only did he come back and look better than we anybody expected because going into game one we were having the conversation on the air because I think we went off the air just a couple hours before tip-off there was still a question as to whether or not he was even going to suit up he was upgraded but I think there was still some skepticism that he was going to play game one not only did he play game one he came out and he performed better than anybody expected and then he went for 40 plus in game two and I thought minute if, if they can just get something from some of these other guys it that feels like like a big spot to be in and I, I just felt like there was there was room uh for Milwaukee in this series to get back into it and then as we've seen they've been able to take advantage of it and they've gotten great you know great production from some of the other guys
0: that's Jonas Knox we are straight out of Vegas and we have you know obviously benefited um we played Milwaukee in the series when it was, uh, let's think about this. It was, of what, uh, McKenzie, about plus 210, 220 we had? Yeah, plus 220 we got it at. Okay, and that was when they were down 2-1? It was tied 2-2 at that point. No, when it was tied 2-2, it was minus one. Th- Remember, it was minus oh, yeah, 150. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, yeah. So, we had
3: the plus 130 on Giannis MVP at
0: 2-2. Yeah, yeah. So then we saw the Giannis odds of the MVP being uh, the same as the series. And we thought, and this was on Friday, we gave, we doubled down and said, let's go with Giannis because we thought there was a real chance Giannis could lose the series but still win the MVP. And interestingly, as I noted in the headlines, right now, if you look at the series price, the series price for Milwaukee to win the series is minus 390. So 390 wins you a 100. And the take back on Phoenix, what's the most current Phoenix take back? Plus 330. Plus 330. So that comes out to 78%. But if you look at Giannis to win the MVP, he's minus 400. So a smidge better, but it would seem the market's catching up to the idea that there is a way that Giannis could win the MVP even if they lose. they They'll being up 3-2 now, if somehow Phoenix wins the next two, and with how well Booker, at least his – 40 plus points you got to figure they if if Phoenix comes back it's going to be Booker that does it so that's interesting what is Booker's MVP odds compared to so right now about plus 330 on Phoenix now I don't think Booker wins zero chance if Phoenix doesn't win but if Phoenix wins is there anyone else but Booker that could win. I mean, if Paul has two monsters, yeah, but boy, that doesn't seem likely. So, I'm thinking if you could get Booker at 4 to 1 or better, it might be nice bet. What do, what do we got?
3: Consensus Devin Booker is 6 to 1, Chris Paul 7 Whoa. to 1. Chris Paul is what? 7 to 1, only just a little bit behind
0: Booker according to our consensus odds. Jonas, and what we do with the consensus odds is at pregame.com, we take 3 sports books and take the best odds of the three. So let's say one has Chris Paul at six to one, one has him at six to one, the other one, and a third one has him seven to one. Well, the theory is okay, any halfway series better is going to have three outs, and they're going to obviously take the best number. So we call it a shopped consensus with three books. So it's very representative. Boy, oh boy. So what they're saying is if Phoenix wins, Chris Paul has as much of a chance to win the MVP as Booker. Jonas, does that sound right to you?
2: I would say up until the most recent game that that would sound right to me. Booker's performance, though, it feels like if he doesn't have monster games the rest of the way, they don't have a chance. Like, it feels like Booker's got to have a monster performance the rest of the way. And if that happens and they win these games, I, I don't know how Booker's
0: not the MVP. Yeah. And I think there's even more. Let's just you're I'm not sure if you're right, that the only way. Phoenix can win is if Booker has monsters. Obviously, Phoenix has to play better than expectation to win game six, right? They're five-point underdogs. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's only, you know, they're about a 33% chance to win that game. So you're right. Someone's got to play well for them to win that game, but does Booker have to have a monster? What I'm saying is, let's assume that Phoenix wins the next two games and that Chris Paul has a normal Chris Paul game in both games, and Booker has a normal Booker game. So no, there's really no movement from, let's just say for the sake of argument, the MVP was being decided today, because t- we can't predict who's going to have good games, right? So if it was decided today and they voted for an MVP of both the winning team and the losing team, who would be the MVP of Phoenix right now? probably booker you think probably yeah probably booker i just
2: i think there's there's still a narrative attached to chris paul uh in in this series and and some people will try and nitpick some of booker's shooting performances he had a couple of not too hot games earlier in the series i i i I think probably booker but i'm
0: not 100 percent convinced what's your sense mckenzie
3: Oh, hundred percent, Booker. Now there is an argument for Paul. If you say, "Well, losses don't matter. Losses don't give you any value," and if you just look at the two wins, yeah, but games that's one not the two, way.
0: That's not the way it happened. Right. If you right?
3: look at the on balance, all six games, Devin Booker, in my opinion, there's no question about it.
0: The fact that that LeBron got four MVP votes, as you noted a few days ago, the year they lost, it shows losing is it, it, fine, right? I mean, meaning <laughs> right, right, th- right. if you have monster games when you lose. You're right. In, in pure logic, you could make the case, well, that game didn't contribute at all to winning the series, so what's the difference? But I don't think they think that way. To me, if you like Phoenix at plus 330, you've got to like Booker at 6-1 to one better, in my opinion. So I'm not going to give that as a pick because I don't necessarily love Phoenix. Let's look at the box score. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Now, why do we look at box scores? Because... It helps us understand what we expect to happen in the next game. Um, What jumps right out at me is Holiday has to get some love. Uh, We've been critical of him. I've been critical of him. It wasn't that I thought he was a bad player. It was like Milwaukee sold the farm, gave up the farm for him, multiple picks, a huge contract extension, and he didn't seem like a number two. I still don't know if he's a number two. If you look across these playoffs, Drew Holiday is, has played less well than a typical number two on a championship team, even if you count his defense. Would you agree with that, Jonas?
2: Yeah, I actually think that Middleton's more... I've always felt like Middleton was more the number two. I, I felt like Drew Holiday was the guy that, that was going to be able to do a little bit of everything because he's a really good defender, and that was going to be an important aspect of this. I always felt that Middleton was the number two, but you still needed something from Drew Holiday. As you pointed out, something that you weren't getting from him, uh, especially at, at a lot of points during the postseason thus far. And if, if
0: if Holiday's the number three, he's probably a fine number three, even over the course of these playoffs. But boy, what they gave up for him was more than you give yeah. up for a number three. It would seem. So- yeah,
2: they they felt like they were desperate to add add another piece to try and capitalize on this Giannis era, and they felt like th- he was the guy that was out there uh, that was the best available option in order to do so. And so they ended up, you know, prop- in in some people's minds, overpaying. But if they get a title out of it, you know, it's probably worth every penny.
0: Mackenzie, let's take a quick look at Middleton, as Jonas mentioned. Because I've heard people, at least one that I respect, talking about maybe Middleton wins the MVP, which I think is crazy over Giannis. But boy, if that's even in the conversation. So there's a score, uh, a scoring mechanism that basketball reference uses that attempts to say how well did a team play or how well did a player play in an individual game? What's the name of that? Game score by Basketball Reference Alright, so it's a game score And what is a good score and what's a bad score For a, for an individual player
3: 14 is average A good score, uh, all-star caliber score Would be like 23
0: Alright, so 23 is a good score, 14 is average Give us Middleton's five scores So far
3: 16 in game one 8 in game two Alright, so so 15, far average and well below average 15 in game three Average 28 in Game Four, excellent, and then 18 on Saturday night, Game
0: Five, above average. So you could make the point you average that out. He's probably a little below 14, even right? He's at 17 for the finals. For the so if yeah, if you do just a mean on it, okay, yeah. So slightly above average. Boy, I don't know if Middleton has a good PR agent, but <laughs> but it did seem like the narrative on him was better. And, and again, any one scoring mechanism is going to be imperfect. But now, by the way, McKenzie, let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's see what Giannis's score would be, his average, comparing it to Middleton by this system. And if you looked at the shooting stats, you would have said, wow, did these teams get lucky. But I'm going to tell you why it actually isn't the case that this big scoring we saw on Saturday, we might be expecting again on Tuesday, and that could lead us to have a bet on the over.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here just a couple of moments from now, we will take a closer look at the NBA Finals.
0: And as much as we enjoy and appreciate Booker's scoring is he maybe scoring too much compared to Milwaukee's big three. We've got some numbers that back that up. How can you score too much? We're going to tell you. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support. And we're going to keep working extra hard to give you the best possible entertaining and profitable show. You can listen to us on 225 stations for free on your radio dial, coast to coast, right here in Vegas on the Strip. It's a balmy 93 degrees, and the neon is flowing.
2: So, RJ, we've been talking about the NBA Finals, which once were 2 nothing in favor of the Phoenix Suns, but after three straight wins, including Saturday night, Milwaukee has a 3-2 series lead, looking to win the NBA title coming up Tuesday night at home.
0: So, players are graded by what they call a game score, a basketball reference. We looked at Middleton's, though he's getting a lot of love. He's had some big quarters. It's only slightly above average. First, we're going to quickly compare it to Giannis, and then we're going to get into Booker passing and Milwaukee's passing specifically. What is Giannis's, Mackenzie what is Giannis's average? score and remember 14 in this uh, game score stat is average and like 28 is outstanding what do we got
3: 29.9 mvp level for Giannis. average game score this series
0: so this series is average game score so this is similar to per but for an individual game 30 is like you know it was like five or six i think seasons if there's ever been like a 30 plus on per so um I think, you know, like Jordan, I'm not sure if those are seasons or careers, but like Jordan's at like 30.2 or something. So 30 is like the Hall of Fame. And you're saying almost 30. Yes. For wow. There you go. Okay. Let's shift gears. And I do think, obviously, the MVP is his if Milwaukee wins. Remember, though, guys, and this is advice that applies always, always, always. Recency bias, you hear now the phrase, the prisoner of the moment, because think about how football does it. If a team, I remember specifically there was, I don't remember, I think it was Arizona was lane seven to the, or or were seven point dogs to the Patriots. And I, I still remember Arizona won the game, but then... The next week we had our power ratings out with Fezzik, and we had New England higher than them. And we got a bunch of people saying, You're crazy. Arizona just beat New England. How could they New England be better? And it's like, Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> but in the NFL When it's one and done in the playoffs, you can see why that culture is there, right? The Giants were better than the Patriots, two Super Bowls, but they were 12-point underdogs. What would the line have been if those two teams played again the next week? Probably 10 and a half. It would have went down a little bit, and that's why it's so fascinating to look at these seven-game series and see one team, you know, Phoenix, win handily the first two, and then Milwaukee be a four-point favorite in game three, right? And as much as it feels like Milwaukee is in a dominant position, that they've exerted their uh, superiority, well, in game three, when they had yet to win a game, they were at home favored by four points. In game six, after winning... Uh, game three, four, and five. So three straight. That seems pretty darn good. Milwaukee is favored by five. So they were favored by four when they hadn't won one yet, and they lost two. Now they've won three straight, and they're favored by one additional point. You add in the fact that Chris Paul could be limited by either fatigue, uh, old age, uh, a sleeve on his leg that wasn't there before hand, you know r- hand wraps. He looks like uh, who was that guy that used to have uh, all the stick' on from the Raiders, not Jack Tatum um, Is it Blit-Licott? Lester Hayes?
2: Oh yeah. you remember Lester <laughs> yes, Hayes? Yes, yes. he
0: was famous for the stick. <laughs> I mean he looks a little like Lester Hayes with all the hand- I mean and still the line's only gone up one. So you can't overreact to three games. Is, it's three games. I know it's going to ultimately decide, four games decides who wins it, but it doesn't change how good these teams are by very much after 90-some games. So as we look at this, what is the scenario of Phoenix winning, coming back, winning two games, winning on the road, then winning at home in game seven? Well, Jonas said maybe it's Booker having monsters. I'm going to say maybe not. So let's look at Booker's assists. Now, assists are an imperfect stat. Assists are when you throw to a player and the player scores, and the theory being that the pass aided in the scoring. So sometimes you'll hear about a team and say, oh, they only scored on blank percentage of uh, assisted baskets, which means there's a lot of one-on-one. There's a lot of isolation. That's not repeatable. But then when they talk about the beautiful game and the way the Spurs played against the Heat years ago and passing and and, and the symmetry of it all, then those are usually high-assist teams. So if we look at Phoenix and start with Booker, or specifically Booker, who has scored 40 straight or 40 points – Two straight games. First time in NBA Finals history that's happened losing both the games. So that is that a good stat or a bad stat? I don't know. But let's look at his average assists. And let's compare it to what he averaged during the regular season. Or we can look at what he averaged during the rest of the playoffs. Anything to kind of gauge, is Booker passing more because he's feeling the limelight and he wants to put up the points? So what's his assist count, McKenzie, over the last, uh, let's say, three games?
3: Only seven assists the last three games, so two and a third. Be so seven assists
0: three. per game—that's not so bad. <laughs>
3: no, RJ, seven assists total last three games for Devin Booker.
0: Ooh, now what's it? Take a minute and—if and, and you don't have it right in front of you—what's an what's our gauge to say this is what he typically does?
3: In the playoffs so far, he was averaging about five prior to the finals.
0: Okay, so he has less than half as many assists per game.
3: Yes, comparing the finals to the, his playoff averages before the finals.
0: Exactly. So to me. You could say, oh, that's just a couple of buckets. But isn't that the deciding f- – I mean, not that every game is being decided by a couple of buckets, but, boy, some of them have been. And he's putting up points. And I'm not saying that Booker's the problem. I'm saying maybe he's not as much of the solution as you might think because here's the question. And we've all – Jonas seen this in team sports. If a guy's not giving up the ball, it looks like he's maybe hogging the limelight – Does that the next guy when he has the choice of shooting the ball or making a pass? Maybe the pass is 10% better for the team, but he's thinking, What the heck? If this guy's going to be shooting, I'm going to be shooting. And it can become, you know, the disease of selfishness can spread on a team. uh, First of all, do you agree with that? That you see, either teams sometimes are just become one person is uh, selfless. He's not selfish and it spreads, and then I think in reverse, the negative can spread.
2: Yeah, especially in the NBA to where, I mean, you'll get a couple of times where there'll be an all-worldly performance and it'll be what that team needed to get over the hump, but by and large, you need production from everybody. I mean, you know, Trey Young, he can go off all he wants, but if they weren't getting production from Bogdanovich or John Collins or some of those other guys, Lou Williams, then they weren't going to be able to, you know, win as many games as they did in the postseason and get to an Eastern Conference Finals, so when you see Booker I, I actually wonder what what's the what is sort of the happy median where you're getting a, a, enough production from him offensively from a scoring standpoint but still able to get some from from the other guys is it is it 30 is anything above 30 bad news for phoenix uh, just in in looking at his box score you know when he goes for 40 it feels like potentially bad things are happening for him right now.
0: And to me, it's how hard he is. I think any NBA player understands if someone's in the zone and they're a scorer, they want him to keep shooting. They get joy from that because that's supposed to be spread around. But when you're losing games and you're shooting, you know, in this case, 33 attempts, 33 attempts, that's a lot. That's a lot. And, oh, by the way, I just noticed this again. Chris Paul didn't shoot a free throw in this game. So, wow. How many games in a row? We're going to have to look into that. First, so let's finish the point on the assist. Because associate producer Spencer, like most people haven't seen Spencer for Hire, the old show. But Hawk used to say, Spencer. But Spencer, he and McKenzie came up with a real interesting insight. And it's what led me to look at Booker's numbers. Is the big three for Milwaukee. Giannis, Holiday, Middleton. How are they passing the ball? Here is an amazing stat. Amazing. You can bet over under assists. You can bet that. If you had bet the last three games, the three Milwaukee victories, over in assists for the big three, you're like, Milwaukee, that's Midwest. They like to share. I'm going over Middleton, (laughs) over Holiday, over Giannis. So that would be nine different bets, three per game, three games, you would have gone over and won eight out of nine times. Eight out of nine of those players, those three players over three games, had more assists than Vegas expected. And, Mackenzie, give us just an overview of how many assists they had.
3: Average, each player, 22 assists, so seven per player. To compare that to the regular season, it was about five and a half per player. So about each player is about so, so one in and any and a given, more.
0: Yeah, so it's like 66 assists over the games, so 22 per game because there's three. Three players each, so like seven and a third each. And the average for the year was five, so they've had over two extra assists each. So six extra assists between them per game, 18 over three games.
3: 100% Correct.
0: Uh huh, uh huh. See, Jonas, I did okay in college. I did just fine. <laughs> but it is a point, right? On one hand, you've got Chris Paul, who, who knows what's going on with him. And Mackenzie, start looking into his free throws. I think it's like two out of three games, if not more, he hasn't had a free throw attempt. And then go back in the log and see how rare that is. But, um, Jonas, what do you think of the whole Milwaukee's being unselfish and it's leading the way?
2: Yeah, and you can tell they they feel like the deeper team. Like you just watch them, and it feels like they've got options, and it feels like guys are out there just trying to make the best play possible. I mean, Drew Holiday. We could say you know everything about the point production, and he's scoring a little bit more, and he's more confident in his shot and his playmaking ability. He's made in back-to-back games a couple of crucial plays that it, you're going to look back on in this series and go, "Those were monster plays." You know, the the strip of Booker in the last last game, which Mm -hmm. led to the alley-oop to Giannis, which basically iced the game. That was a big moment. But there was also a spot in the previous game, the game four, in which there was a loose ball, there was a rebound, and he was the guy that came up with it. So it feels like they're finding guys who say they're you know aren't being effective at that point or in that possession uh, down on the floor they're able to make a play on defense or grab an offensive rebound and be able to kick it out and and you know milk the clock a little bit more so they've gotten production all the way through from holiday and others
0: very well said and i think and that's jonas Knox. we're straight out of vegas i think that what might be lost a little bit in all this is how old school milwaukee is You've got the superstar staying in the small market. You've got a team selling the farm for a guy who's probably better at defense and offense in holiday. You've got a team that is so defensively orientated that it's a mindset with them. You got a team that's passing the ball in Milwaukee and – Not to indict the other NBA superstars, but you've got a superstar who, and Giannis, who's so old school that it seems like for some reason, if it's being outside the AAU culture, or I don't know, there seems to be more. If you look at all the beefs between superstars, if you say, if I said to research, give me a list in the last 24 months of every public disagreement between superstars in the NBA where they're both top, let's say, 15 players. How many have there been? And how many have Yon, has Giannis been the recipient of the shade, as they say? Uh, I, I can think of at least two examples where he's the recipient, right? Has there really been more than 10? And it feels like an a, a inordinate chunk of shade-throwing, as the kids say, is against Giannis, which we've speculated is he's not part of that AAU culture. He's old school in a way, and and they look at him derisively.
2: Yeah, and they've taught. There was a quote that went viral over the weekend where he talked about not having an ego, and they asked him, you know, where where does that come from? And then you hear his backstory to where you know he he grew up on the streets as a kid. He was having to sell things in order to make money to, to for his family to eat, like just some of his upbringing. And then to hear him talk about how. He doesn't focus on what he did in the current game because he feels like that's going to take away from his focus on the next game. And he doesn't want to want his his ego to get out of whack, which is basically to, to sum up what his point was. You don't hear a lot of guys talk like that. Like the NBA is very much a me me superstar league. Check out my shoe. Check out my, you know, my Instagram. This is what I got working. And he's not like that at all. And I just wonder if players around the league if that bothers them or rubs them the wrong way because they feel like maybe i I don't know he makes them look bad yeah yeah i I wonder if there's something to that and and sometimes that'll happen and you'll get labeled the teacher's pet or you're just trying to play it nice or, or or you know play it friendly but Giannis doesn't have any of those same traits that a lot of guys have and i think that's why we've talked about it i think his stock has only gone up not only on the floor but off the floor in this finals appearance
0: it has with me, for sure. And amazingly, yeah. that's been the case without him really fixing his two main issues. If you would have said entering the playoffs, if you would have said, what's his main issues? It's like, well, he doesn't shoot well from the outside. It's tough for him to initiate the offense late in the game. And he has free throw issues. Well, four from 11 in the last game, he's he's shooting less from outside. So it's kind of solving the problem. But he's doubled down on his strengths And it's enough, though it is interesting to say if we could go back in time and it's 2-0 Brooklyn and the injuries don't happen, who's favored in that series? Obviously, Brooklyn. So no matter what, it takes some luck. One last question you, Jones. Do you think Giannis, who is not a me-me-me guy, would have opened the show up bragging about his UFC pick? No, probably not. <laughs> but okay, again, I, know,
2: not, not all of us were raised the same. You know,
0: so <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about how rare is it for Chris Paul. To not go to the line like he did in the last game.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: Wrapping up the look back at game five, NBA Finals. Chris Paul did not make it to the line, the f- uh, free throw. How rare is that, Mackenzie Rivers? Well,
3: if you look at Paul's games where he played more than 30 minutes, 2018 was the last time, over 150 games ago, that he went two straight games, because he didn't just have zero free throws last game. Last two games, zero free throws for Paul. Hasn't happened since 2018. And that's both in
0: playoffs and regular season. Right, exactly. Uh, So we're talking upwards of 200 games. Yes, right around there. So 200 games, Jonas Knox, (laughs) it's been since Chris Paul hasn't had a free throw attempt in two straight games. Coincidence? (laughs) I think not. When we come back, a full NFL rundown of the biggest news stories.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., NFL training camps are starting up very, very quickly. But we don't need to look ahead to just training camp. We can look ahead to week four of the NFL season. It's the big matchup, Sunday night football between the Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the return of Tom Brady. And according to uh, Patriots defensive tackle Byron Cowart, he will not be welcomed with a celebration upon
0: his return. How are we talking NFL and not talking Aaron Rodgers to start? Yeah,
2: imagine that. <laughs> I Take mean, day off.
0: You know, I enjoy get up a good bit. I think it's well produced. They have a lot of people on that staff, so they get a lot of tidbits, right? But like the idea that today they they started the show with Aaron Rodgers talk, is it, it's 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 pretty wacky. It's pretty <laughs> wacky. But I get listen. They know. They know what people want. We're the outsiders. We're saying every day. But hold on in the next couple minutes. We're going to talk some Aaron Rodgers. But about Tom Brady here in Straight Out of Vegas, it's interesting. You've got odds. Will he break the all time passing yardage mark for, during this game? So, will Brady break the NFL career passing yards mark against the Patriots? So, he would need in four games, counting the Patriots game, 288 and a half yards per game to break the record. So you're thinking, wow! If he gets near 300 per game, he breaks the record on average. He's the yes, though, is plus 150. It's the underdog, about a third of a chance, 36%. Yes, plus 150 that he will break the yardage mark. Now, keep in mind, he could break it in uh, by the third game if he you know throws for monster yards. So it's saying it has to be exactly in that fourth game, and it's the underdog. You know. Let me ask you, Jonas, the, the narrative I am hearing the most and I agree with, is that teams that had a new coach or a big transition, like a new quarterback last year, because of COVID and the restrictions to practice, suffered the most, especially early in the year. And if you look at the, pay, uh, the, the Bucks and Brady specifically, they played so much better the, the, you know, post by and later in the year, including that playoff run, obviously, than they did earlier in the year. This was a team that the playoffs were uncertain at a certain point, you know, more than halfway through the year, and they became Super Bowl champions. Could the case be made that it's not just bringing back everyone, which is rare in a Super Bowl champ, but the fact that if you actually look at how well Tampa played at the end of the year, if they had played that well the whole year, they would have been one of the great teams perhaps of all time and then you add in a whole other offseason. And with Brady being such a fanatical worker that the jump you would see from the Bucks last year to this year might be one of the biggest jumps upwards you've ever seen in a Super Bowl champ. And even so... They're second favorites to the Kansas City Chiefs. They, could the case be made that the Bucks are underrated?
2: Well, yeah, I and I actually think if you just took those two teams, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, which one are you more confident getting back to a Super Bowl? I would take Tampa Bay.
0: And is that driven by the idea of the second year with Brady with yeah. the f- first year being limited?
2: Yeah, second year with Brady. Um, obviously, you know, Super Bowl hangovers that we've seen, that's a real thing. Teams that lose in the Super Bowl, it's really tough to get back unless you're the Patriots recently with Brady. But I just look at them. I go, that division. I think I think New Orleans is up in the air now with their quarterback sure. situation. I'm not sure about Atlanta and a brand new head coach and and them getting rid of Julio Jones. Um, I, I think they're closer to a rebuild than a lot of people want to want to actually realize. And then you look at Carolina. I, I still think we're up in the air with Carolina. Sam Darnold's there, so just in their division, I think they're the best team. And then you look around the NFC. The Packers have have question marks. Go out west. That could they could eat their own in the West when it comes to the Rams and the. Niners and the Seahawks I think Tampa Bay's got a really good shot a better shot than last year getting back
0: I would say that I'm not sure if I've ever seen a conference the NFC specifically that had so many question marks for the third best team meaning I think you could make the case though the Rams have to replace their defensive coordinator who was excellent and is now the Chargers head coach Um, even though they have a new quarterback You could make the case this is a rock-solid organization under McVeigh and that odds are really good they're going to be good. Not great necessarily, but good. And you know Tampa's going to be good. But who's the third team that you can feel really sure is going to be good? You could make in the NFC. You could make the case of San Francisco. Yeah. Though they let's be honest, they got big quarterback questions with a rookie potentially or a quarterback they're trying to run out of town. And last year, whatever you want to say, multiple years, and again, this is a part of the family with McKenzie, but with Shanahan, they've lost more seasons than they've won. Whatever luck you want to say, injury or whatever. And then what do you got? Green Bay, obviously, big questions with Rodgers. And I will say one thing about Rodgers is the rumor going around now is if he gets the right to have an out after this year, because they've got him for multiple years, You know, I think it's two more, but if the, he gets an out where this is his last year and he can decide where he goes, like a player out that he might be, that would be what he'd be okay with. Well, if that's the case, they should trade him because effectively they'd only be trading one year of Rodgers for what, three or four first-rounders? So if they do have to give him that out, boy, that makes his value to Green Bay so much less. I would say trade him instead of that.
2: Yeah, no, I would say that as well, too. We are straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We do a deep dive on the NBA Finals and what is actually going wrong for the Phoenix Suns right now as they face elimination coming up tomorrow night. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app.
1: Straight out of Vegas!